Hello, demon lovers. I'm your host, James Ippolitti, and the demon I have for you today comes from Greek mythology and was portrayed by Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie Stardust, which is based off the book Stardust by Neil Gaiman. This is the story of Lamia. It burns! Oh, it burns! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Your soul! All right, episode 14 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. Once again, I'm James Dr. J on TikTok. This week's episode takes us back to ancient Greece and the story of Lamia or the Lamia. So I hope you're all doing well and are preparing for Halloween, which is coming up really soon. Would love to hear what your costumes are, so just find me on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and let me know what you're going out for Halloween or what your plans are. I just met Kurt Russell at the Valley Forge Casino. That was yesterday. Uh, He has a new, well, he has a wine, a line of wines. They're called Gogi, and so he was there to promote his wine. So that was a lot of fun meeting Snake Plissken, Jack Burton, McGrady. Pretty good time. And he was a very, very funny and real down-to-earth good guy. Very cool. Also, the Phillies are going to the World Series, which is really exciting because I'm from Philadelphia. So if you didn't know that. This is just to let you know that the next week is probably going to be crazy here in Philadelphia. Once the World Series happens and after, it's probably crazy right now in the city. I'm telling you right now, their place is probably on fire. But very cool. Um, so not, I'm not much of a sports guy, but I do like when my city is doing well in something other than the number of guns that are going off each week. So... That's something to celebrate when a sports team's doing good, I guess. Something good's happening in Philly. The artwork for the Real Demons of Pop Culture coloring book is chugging along nicely, and you'll want to check out the sneak peek of the demon Prince Visago in the latest newsletter. So just click on the link in the bio, signed up to the newsletter, so you don't miss anything. It comes out every Friday, and I do the sneak peek of the artwork that my friend Chris Blake Sasser is working on. He's currently making two demons this week, and we meet up every week, and I will be sharing these with you as it all comes together. It is time for the lucky number. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to think of a number between 1 and 50. You're going to write down what you think I am thinking. And at the end of the episode, I will reveal that number. If you get it right, you will have something extra special, amazing happen to you today. If you get it wrong, you'll just get better at trying to read my mind. So let's go. I'm going to count 3, 2, 1. Then I will be quiet while I think of the number I'm thinking of. And you guys write it down. 3, 2, 1. All right, so I have that number in my head and, well, already had it in the head. You should have wrote it down. And at the end of the episode, I will reveal 
that lucky number. Let's get into the Lamia. So in ancient Greece, the Lamia was a child-eating monster, and in later traditions was a night-haunting spirit. But Lamia began as a woman, the queen of ancient Libya. Now, she had an affair with that man-slut Zeus. And because she was sleeping around with Zeus, Hera found out, Zeus's wife, and she got pissed. I don't know why Hera just doesn't figure out Zeus is a piece of S and leave. I mean, these, these gods were so silly back then. Uh, she would get pissed at everybody because Zeus was with everybody. So anyway, what did she do to Lamia when she found out? Well, she robbed Lamia of her children. She did this in either of one of these ways. Um, and these are children she would have had with Zeus. She either kidnapped the children and hid them, or Hera killed them, or she forced Lamia to kill her own children. So that is probably the worst out of all three of these things. Now, what happens is that this makes Lamia go freaking bonkers. She goes insane and because of her children. Whether they were um, stolen or killed or she had to kill them, this makes her so crazy that she ends up going on her own kidnapping spree and devouring the children of others. And this becomes a warning to kids. Eat your vegetables or the lamia will get you. You know, so if you do not behave, you will be devoured by this monstrous being. So eat your vegetables, kids. Now, because she is running around devouring and kidnapping children, uh, this turns her into this hideous, monstrous thing. She looks pretty crappy because of the evil stuff she is doing. Now, I find something interesting. There was a guy in, like, the first century before the Common Era named Diodorus Siculus. And if I pronounce that wrong, the other professors out there can punch me in the face. I don't care. But Diodorus, he had this demythalized, he had this non-myth version of Lamia. He has this queen of Libya running around ordering her soldiers to steal children from their mothers and kill them. And she becomes nasty looking because of the savageness of these actions that she's forcing her soldiers to do. And she also was born in a cave. That was just a side note that Diodorus wants you to know. But I find it fascinating that this could have been um, a woman ruler who was so savage that a story grew out of that just a, just a side note and we have one other little thing about him uh relating to the lamia's eyes so zeus gave lamia the power of prophecy in addition he also gave her the ability to take her eyes out and reinsert her eyes now this is probably because her wasn't finished with her torture of lamia it was bad enough that she took her children or killed her children or forced her to kill her own children. What she also did was made sure that the Lamia or Lamia could not sleep. Now, she either did this 
uh, by making her an insomniac, or in some tales, she removed her eyelids, and therefore she couldn't close her eyes and always had to be awake, crying over her lost children. Hera really knows how to get back at you if you screw her husband. So because of this, Zeus gave Lamia the power to take her eyes out, I guess, to get some rest. Now, the guy who went and did the D-Myth version of it, Diodorus Siculus, well, his rationalization was that the queen, in her drunken state, she was so drunk that she could not see. You ever have heard that? Like, oh, my God, I was so drunk I couldn't see. Well, that's what he's saying, that um, Lamia was so drunk she couldn't see, that this allowed her citizens to run free, and all kinds of shenanigans would go on without supervision, and this has basically given rise to a myth that the Lamia placed her eyes in a vessel. So, not too bad, Diodorus. Diodorus. Later on, there are stories that the Lamia was thought to be a phantom or a specter that would seduce men and eat them. So there was an account of a defeat of a Lamia seductress by... Um, Apollonius of Tyana, and this defeat of that seductress inspired the poem Lamia by John Keats. Now, this poem by John Keats basically romanticizes this Lamia, so um, go check it out. That's an early version of the pop culture influence of Lamia. In the account of Apollonius of Tyana, there is this habit that Lamia has of targeting young men for food and this was because their blood was fresh and pure. And guess what this made everyone think? Hmm, she must be a vampire. Why, why is that sound there? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> never mind, I made a mistake. Anyway, she must be a vampire. And uh, <laughs> I can't get over that sound. Um, and so there are accounts of Lamia as a vampire, and this is one of the earliest hints that she is a blood-sucking vampire. So what did the Lamia look like? Well, it's pretty much thought of that she had the top half of a woman, so her face and her breast, and then the bottom half was all snake, right? So part woman, part snake, all evil. And this is said to be traced back to ancient texts because in ancient Libya, there was this uh, man-eating, half-woman, half-snake demon. And uh, not just one demon. There was a colony of these man-eating, half-women, half-snake demons. So that is probably where it came uh, from. But actually, if you go back and listen to a couple episodes, uh, one would be the episode of Lilith, and another would be the episode of Medusa. There are some similarities that we're going to get to, um, definitely with Lilith, that Lamia may have originated from ancient Mesopotamia because Lamashtu, which I talk about in the Lilith episode, Lamashtu was this demon that would go after pregnant women and their children, kidnapping children, devouring children, um, and this was a way of dealing with child mortality rates, which were really high, infant uh, mortality rates. 
and also women dying in childbirth. That's where Lamashtu probably originated from. And so, uh, which I always used to love about reading um, Joseph Campbell's work, where he does comparative mythology, where some of these stories, it's, it's just fascinating that we know that probably these cultures had no way of knowing what the other was doing, yet they stay, still came up with similar mythologies based on similar experiences they would have. So a lot of these places all over the world are dealing with infant mortality rates that are really high, and they all come up with this demon that is doing this. So Lamash II uh, was sort of a precursor to not only Lilith, but also to Lamia. By the early Middle Ages, the Lamia were defined as a class of beings that snatched babies up and ripped them apart. In the Bible, the Lamia, and this is also referenced in Lilith, there's a section in the Bible, in Isaiah, there is a line that mentions the Lamia. Now, not all translations have Lamia. Some have Lilith and some have a screeching owl. And some people explain that that represents either heresy or hypocrisy in that line. But from other things I've read, it just means that your city will be destroyed and it will be so effed up that all these evil things would be living in it because it'll be in ruins, it'll be desolate, it'll be destroyed. But that's it in the Bible. Now, Christian writers warn against the seductive potential of the Lamia. They were listed in a book that the Lamia were supernatural dangers that threaten marriages and identified them with uh, female reproductive spirits. Uh, once again, this is blaming probably on men who are like sleeping around or getting other people pregnant and blaming it on spirits because they don't want to get in trouble. Um, it seems like that is the reason that these female reproductive spirits exist. That's my take on it. From around the mid-15th century into the 16th century, the Lama became regarded exclusively as witches. Burn her! Burn her! She's a witch! So that's the time period where we got Lamia, basically our witches, um, there was a book in 1607 called The History of Four-Footed Beasts by Edward Topsell. And he's got a little bit of a different description of the Lamia. He describes, obviously, having the upper body, the face and the breast of a woman. I find that interesting that all these demons, if they're women, we have to have the boobs. Like, the boobs have to exist. And sometimes there's more than just two. It's like, we're not going to make the upper body be demonic. It's got to have boobs. The bottom can be whatever. And so this one's weird because the bottom of Edward Topsell's, it should be Edward Topless, it's the uh, bottom of Edward Topsell's Lamia uh, is goat-like. It's got like goat-like hindquarters with large 50 stones. Uh, I'm assuming he's British. Stones are testicles. And they smell like sea calves on authority of Aristophanes. I think that's how you say it. So this guy Aristophanes way back in the day wrote something about Lamia's balls, that the, the Lamia had stinky balls. Now, this opens up a lot of questions about the gender of the Lamia. Because in a lot of stories, she's female. But in some of the stories, she has testicles. And they're smelly testicles. 
And also Edward Topsells says that Lamia is covered with scales all over. So a smelly half goat, half woman, scale covered, ball smelling monster. Thank you, Edward Topsells. Now, there's a book from 1982 called Lamia by Tristan Travis. Tristan Travis sounds like he should be a country player, uh, musician. And the next song by Tristan Travis is the Lamia. This is not country at all. Lamia, Lamia, yeah. Uh, I'm Tristan Travis, and you're listening to the real demons of pop. All right, enough of that. It sounds like a really cool book. I've never read this book, um, but basically the mythological monster relocates to 1970s Chicago where she takes bloody vengeance on sex offenders while the cops try to figure out the mystery. I'm going to read this book. It's called Lamia, 1982 book, Tristan Travis. Sounds like a lot of fun. Put it on your reading list. We'll have a book club. Also, Lamia are featured in progressive rock album, the lamb lies down on Broadway by Genesis. They have a track called The Lamia. And they're depicted as female creatures with snake-like bodies. We've heard this before. They seduce the protagonist, Rael, in an attempt to devour him. But as soon as they taste his body, the blood that enters the Lamia's body causes their death. Later traditions of the Lamia are more similar to like vampires and succubi. By the way, there's a sex demon reference, so I have an episode on sex demons. When you look at the Lamia uh, as a part of a, a monster that seeks out men and drinks their blood, it gets to this vampire sort of sex demon thing. We've talked about how they are female reproductive spirits. It's a fancy way of calling them sex demons, I guess. One of my favorite Sam Raimi movies is called Drag Me to Hell, and it never got enough love. But the main antagonist demon in Drag Me to Hell is Delamia. Now, Sam takes some liberties, artistic license on the look, because it's more of that goat-type demon that we talk about from Edward Topless. There's That is sort of it, and basically Delamia comes and tortures the person for three days and then drags them to hell. But it's a great Sam Raimi film. Never got enough love. The main actress is wonderful. Um, so if you haven't watched Drag Me to Hell by Sam Raimi, definitely check that out. Also, Neil Gaiman's Stardust, the main antagonist in that, is also a Lamia or Lamia. I'm saying it both ways because in some s stories, Lamia is sort of referenced as a type of being and others it's a name. But in Stardust, Lamia was played by Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie, but in the book, it's one of my favorite Neil Gaiman books. It's also a very short read. It doesn't take long, but Stardust is a great book. Check it out. I would read the book before I watched the movie um, because I don't think the movie was as good as the book. So that is the Lamia. And tomorrow I'm going to go live at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York City time. And I haven't gone live in a few weeks because every time I've tried in the past couple of weeks, something came up. I had to take my son got like hurt at school and I had to take him to the doctor on the day I was going to do the live. And then something, I guess, before that was COVID. So I'm hoping Tuesday this will be back in action live on YouTube, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lamia talk. We can talk about whatever. I'll 
probably just going to open it up to like a, a regular Q&A and talk about the Lamia, talk about this episode, talk about uh, the comic the co- comic book, the coloring book that's coming out. Um, just that kind of thing. And that's all I got. So until I will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Peace. The lucky number is 17. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippoliti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.